0: Well, no surprise, the Fed has kept rates on hold, but does that mean they finished? It seems they are leaving the door open for more, maybe next year. We'll look at what was said, including the press conference that has just finished. Plus next, the Bank of England, another one expected to hold, and another press conference as well, and some jobs data from the US to digest. This week isn't easing up any, there's still more to come. It's Thursday, the 2nd of November, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Good morning. Well ahead of the Fed, the US dollar was up 0.3% on the DXY. It's flat on the day now, though, and down 0.6% on the Japanese yen. But the Aussie dollar up 0.9% to 63.9 US cents small falls in the pound and the euro US stocks at close are up quite a bit 1.6% for the Nasdaq 1% for the S&P 500 0.7% for the Dow substantial moves up since the Fed and the Powell press conference in Europe a three quarter percent rise in the euro 0.3% for the FTSE bond yields much lower in the US 10 year treasuries down 17 basis points they dropped about 5 of those during and since uh, Powell's press conference down 14 in Canada down just four in Germany and only one basis point lower for 10-year uh, gilts in the UK. Aussie 10 years were up two basis points yesterday yesterday to 4.94% but down about 10 basis points uh, from that on futures overnight and oil well it was back up on the rise 0.8% for the Brent at one stage but that has swung around completely now and lost almost all of that about 85 a barrel WTI also on the rise earlier just in the red now and it is a busy one today let's start with the Fed with NAB's Gavin Friend rates on hold minor tweaks to the statement. Economic growth has uh, moved from being solid to being strong, and they've added that job gains have slowed, but added that they remain strong as well. And it's fair to say no signs that this is the last one, is it, in terms of uh, lifting rates. They are leaving some wriggle room, so on hold now, but they're very cagey about whether they're going to hike again, Uh, not even hinting at a bias, I'd say, for this.
1: No, that's good morning, Phil. Uh, that's right, but the statement did come across as um, it, it wasn't the hawkish pause that most people are looking for. Um, there was really hardly any change to the wording. You talk about strong, solid, you know, semantics. Um, it, 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 the 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 other in, it's an insertion in, in a very little change statement was um, the inclusion of tighter financial tighter financial conditions. So, yeah, you know, we already had tighter credit conditions and they added back, in the, the hangover word hangover for the for the, yeah. for the yeah so go back so to this the is SBB. this
0: is reflecting the concern about the rise in long-end yields that we've seen but you know even well, since the you, last you, meeting
1: you, well you used the word concern um so the mm. way that it came across you know you it's the second successive pause um and the fed acknowledging the rise that market conditions are tightening financial conditions are doing can could be seen uh as a You know, possible the Fed doesn't need to do an awful lot because Mm. some of the work, some of the the market is doing some of the work for it. And that's the way on a day where yields were hit lower anyway, which we can come into yields on the back of that went a little bit lower still. And the dollar did. I mean, I I think our first reading of this was was not. Uh, positive in terms of that's really not where the Fed is. If that's if if the market were to come away from this thinking that the Fed could be done given the tightening financial conditions, that's probably you know it may be right, but it probably isn't. We really needed to hear from the chairman himself. Um, and so you know to that press conference, Powell. I mean, he did acknowledge the policy st- uh, stance is restrictive. The Fed has tightened significantly. It is still con- obviously conducting QT the balance sheet has been shrunk by approximately 1 trillion dollars so far and the full effects of prior hikes have yet to come through so the job is not yet done for me the point i think of the q and a uh, is uh, it was a question on the extent of this tightening of financial conditions yeah uh, would it would it be correct was the question uh, to say that the tightening of financial conditions are not yet sufficient to get the job done yes that's exactly right he said and on the stroke of that bond yields popped up a little bit mm. not a huge amount but the dollar certainly moved back up to your point to to the high of the sessions um i mean the fed you know is monitoring things it's it's brought in now to the statement there he was sorry it's brought into the into the uh, debate the idea of geopolitics that wasn't in the statement, perhaps you know, surprisingly. So the Fed is looking at all, lots of different things. It's taking a month by month approach. Yeah. And the question it's asking itself um, is: it isn't talking about rate cuts. It's the question is: should it hike more? Okay, that's that's where it is, and I, th- I don't think that's surprising. But on the day, you know, we're left with you know, okay, the dollar is higher, but yields, to your point earlier on, are quite a bit lower, aren't they? Mm. Um, and it's, you know, we've had over the last two months with bare steepening that we've talked about a lot. Now we've had a bull flattening. So we've had 30 year falling the most, 10 years then, and then two years, uh, you know, falling less far. Why? A number of different things. The first thing we had was the ADP um private job creation it's not not a huge reaction on the market you know it was it was slightly softer i wouldn't you know the the uh it's 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 predictive abilities for non-farm payroll are not great so we can move on jolts the job openings the market likes to look at this they were a little bit stronger that would otherwise you know sort of suggest higher yields um but actually part of it was if you look at revisions there wasn't a net great change there the ISM manufacturing for October, it was weak, 46.7 from 49. Remember, we saw what, 46.5 in July, but then it recovered to almost 50, a, a recovery which made it look like the US mm. and China were recovering, were outperforming. Um, but the, it's now the, rolled over. It's rolled over in China and
0: now again in in the US. Um, the employment number was softer. Yeah, from fifty one point two down to forty six point eight. I mean, so that yeah. was and that that wasn't expected at all. No, it wasn't. And uh, and so you know, the, there's a two two points here. Now is that puts
1: U.S. manufacturing on a par with Europe, almost exactly. It also perhaps does it suggest that the sort of nascent recovery we thought was happening in global manufacturing because of the China data perhaps isn't. Although I would. Caution: The China numbers are pretty close to fifty. If they, even if they're below, of course, U.S. manufacturing isn't. You know, the be all end all. It only accounts for about twelve percent of the economy. It's services that really matter, and we'll get the data on that on Friday. But manufacturing does punch above its weight in terms of its impact, and it's dear for the economy you know so i think you know it it, it does resonate and of course it comes ahead of non-farm payrolls mm. on friday the other thing that pulled yields down was we had the um the, the the us treasury quarterly refunding auction the issue or the issuance plan basically and it showed that basically us treasury increased its planned sales of longer term debt But slightly less than forecast, and it expects now just a single additional step up in quality. So, sorry, in quarterly issuance of long-term debt, and so the market took that, you know, sort of a positive way to suggest that um, you know maybe that the the run-up in yields we've had, you know, there are questions
0: about that now. To, um, well, I mean that was so. The getting back to the press conference, I mean, because it's. I mean, the reason why I said uh, you know caution or concern about those uh, those longer end yields, because that really was the. I mean, you could say, well, you know, any, uh, that is hardly surprising because the Fed has been talking it up with the uh, higher for longer rhetoric, which we've been hearing for some time. Uh, but he was saying it's a concern, obviously, because it pushes up mortgage costs and then therefore, you know, it, affect, it it does affect the economy. And so that might influence future policy decisions, he said. But they would need to see that those tighter conditions, conditions need to be persistent and also Absolutely. that they are not based on f r m you know, what's been said at the FOMC, which, of course, it has been. Look, I think we're left in this great debate
1: about higher longer term yields mm. Uh, you know, the driver, of course, is, is we've seen it across all jurisdictions, but it's led by the, U- the U.S. and the strong growth. We, we, you know, we've had a pullback 20 basis or points or so in the last uh, few days. It, it, is the Israel-Hamas war a factor there, you know, in terms of a safe haven bid? Possibly. Is the market getting more used to the higher for longer message? It ought to. Possibly. The ISM numbers we've just talked about were likely a factor you know because that plays into the is the data finally starting to crack the treasury borrowing issue we've just talked about these are all factors but there remain questions here on whether longer term yields where they go in the next few weeks we know term premia is probably a factor but we don't know to what extent we mm. know that the big uptick in issuance is also likely a factor remember for all this stuff about the borrowing and we've heard this week the average size of u.s treasury auctions next year will be something like 20 percent larger than they, they were this year so they, i mean there will be buyers but at what level and we, we you know we just don't know yet we've got to wait to see how that happens and so i think after the noise you know the fed is you know of the fed today has settled down the reaction to incoming data i think will be revealing in what is driving yields mm. and you really need to see how does the market react to any weaker data you know if it, if it's if it's if it's as it should be, a weaker data ought to bring yields lower. If the market is worried about term premia, about issuance and about or supply and whether where the buyers are going to come from, you're not going to get that reaction. You're still going to get yields pushing higher. So we're on a
0: journey. We're on we're on we're on a fact finding mission to see where this goes over the um, next few weeks. And and the journey as far as the Fed is concerned, because I'm left wondering, I mean December he said, well, we didn't even talk about it. Uh, he talked about lags and uh, that's why they've slowed down the, the policy changes. What? Uh, and, you know, and he talked about dot, pol- dot plots saying, you know, basically saying their history, you know, they represent a point in time. So maybe we can chuck those away. So we are sort of left wondering as to where they go next, aren't we?
1: And we're, we're waiting on the data. There mm. hasn't been much move uh, in terms of pricing December since uh, since the press conference, but it's early days. Um, we'll mm. see what non-farm payroll brings. We'll see what that important ISM services brings. Um, and then inflation and, um, you know, the labour market, it's still tight. I mean, all these things he talked about, there is progress everywhere, but it's not enough. And there was one line that, that caught my eye that said a few months of uh, lower inflation is only the start,
0: you know. So <laughs> it's, all, it's all to pay for. A couple of years and then they'll be satisfied. Look, the uh, Bank of England tonight, plus the Nausea's Bank, both are expected to stick, uh, even though, you know, inflation in the UK is uh, slow to come down. of economists in Origins poll saying the Bank of England is going to keep rates on hold, uh, as did obviously the ECB and the Bank of Canada, now the Fed. Uh, So we're not going to get a surprise on that, are we? No,
1: we're not. No, I mean, they when they when they paused, which was a surprise for most people, but 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 not us. Back in September, um, they acknowledged that the sort of you know preponderance UK indicators are becoming more aligned to the downsides like yeah. pointing to increasing signs of the
0: impact of tighter monetary
1: policy, which again, like the Fed, is still feeding through the economy. But they've they got
0: know, everything. You know, they've got everything in Britain in terms of you know what they want to see. So wage growth is yeah. slow, consumer spending is falling, unemployment's rising, mortgage approvals way lower. Uh, I mean, what else do they want really?
1: Well, obviously, clearly, uh, headline uh, average earnings, as measured by the Office of National Statistics, are still far too high, running at 8% for private sector earnings. I mean, it's just, you know, that's ludicrously high. Um, And... Um, they want to see that come down, but they acknowledged back then and they are still seeing other measures of wages and earnings aren't so aren't so high. And we're going to get a new set of the decision maker panel um, numbers before the Bank of England announces in a few hours time. So that would you know, hopefully be a little bit lower as well. Um, but uh activity in the UK to your point is is still pretty flat I mean Q3 GDP when we get it on the what the 10th of November it's gonna it's gonna struggle to stay positive um and it may well be softer than the the, the print we saw from Europe at down. one percent this week uh, for Q3 remember the Bank of England is also still conducting you know some hefty QT um a hundred billion this year that was more than last year and if you look at yields in the UK at the 10year they're not rising as, as, as to the extent that they are in in the US, there doesn't seem to be a, such of a fear there, really. So all things together, you know, to your point, I think is is that we, we can't see why the bank would uh, would change its view. Um, and, and inflation is coming down quite nicely. The next the next month's print is going to see something like another one and a half percentage points coming off, and we'll get more of that in terms of base effects as we go around the corner into next year. So. Things are slowly moving in the right direction.
0: We're getting Australia's balance of trade and home loans today. We know the demand is outstripping supply. Immigration obviously not helping, but dwelling approvals yesterday were 4.6% down in September. So that supply issue is not being helped. Uh, 5.1% down for units. Uh, The expectation is that they'd be up two and a half to three percent so uh a big surprise there and house prices rising not surprising up 0.9 percent in october according to core logic yeah i mean these
1: things these dwelling approvals have been pretty volatile recently um but you're right in trend terms they're, they're broadly flat um and in annual terms, they're down sort of, what, 17.5% year on year. Mm. Now, the rolling annual sum of these, according to my colleagues, is about 167,000. The trend of the last three months is 162,000. Pre-pandemic, 177,000. So we're not that far away from the pre-pandemic uh, sort of levels, but they are massively outpaced by surge in population growth. In the past year, population growth as measured by people over the age of 15, has increased by a whopping 601,000. Now, obviously, a good chunk of this has been the sort of rebuilding of the foreign student population, which won't keep going at that pace. But the squeeze on available housing is also coming from a sort of a decline in the average household size. So even more houses are required. And the ratio of population per new dwellings is 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 up at 3.6 the highest in history it's hard to see how the construction industry is going to is going to meet this given sort of constraints that that it's seeing um and of course that just means higher
0: rents yeah and uh higher mortgages so that that core logic data out yesterday the median house price in Balcombe hills in sydney's northwest is now over 2 million that is Crazy stuff in Balcombe Hills. Hard to believe. Anyway, it raises interesting questions uh, for the RBA. Are they going to go against the trend, which obviously is to hold? That's not what we're expecting, but that's next week. A bit to go before then. Uh, Thanks for talking to us this morning, getting us across everything, Gavin. Okay, cheers, Phil. And that's it. That's the morning call for this Thursday morning. I'm Phil Darby for NAB. Thanks for listening. Catch you again tomorrow morning.